Welcome to Brad New Podcast, Chronic Illness and Me, hosted by me, Holly Fleet, better known as Stoma Babe. On the podcast each week, I will speak with a public figure or social media influencer on how they live their lives with a chronic illness. There's no subjects I won't cover, from diarrhea to depression. No topic is off limits when you're in the hot seat with me. I hope you enjoy the show and keep your questions coming in over on Instagram. You can find the podcast page at chronic illness underscore and me. So you've recently come out of hospital, haven't you? How come you were in the hospital? Like what went on? Yeah, so this time it actually wasn't Crohn's related or stomach bag related. It was actually, I so I have type 1 diabetes mm-hmm. as well as Crohn's disease and um, a stomach bag. So I actually got you that bad flu that's going around at the yeah. minute that everyone seems to be, it, it's, I thought I had COVID, um, but I actually had pneumonia. So I had to go to hospital, usual story, had to get an ambulance. Um, so because I have diabetes, um, when I'm sick, I still have to take my insulin injections, even though I'm not eating. Right. But I was so, so ill. I was just lying in the bed, like couldn't move. And my blood sugars went really high. And my ketone, I got ketones in my blood. So it's this thing called diabetic ketoacidosis. And it has to be treated immediately in hospital. And so I was rushed to recess and then treated there and then ambulanced over to another hospital and brought back to my favourite place, intensive care. Um, and was treated there for pneumonia and treated for my ketones in my blood. So I was in hospital for just about five days. I was actually in three different hospitals over those five days, which was shocking. And this just shows how shocking our NHS is at the minute. Um, But I have a no immune system and having no large bowel, my body just can't cope with sickness and it just shuts down, literally shuts down. So uh, another hospital admission it was. So second home so as how you know yourself you, you were first diagnosed with diabetes then like when when did you first find out about that so I was actually 15 when I was diagnosed with diabetes and I'm 31 now so almost 16 years so it'll be 16 years in January and, and then I was diagnosed with Crohn's pardon what were your symptoms to begin with um that made you so diagnosed? um I actually had another flu at the time and I was really really sick and I was like running to the just with the four T's of type one diabetes. So I work for Diabetes UK. So um, this is what we call the four T's. Uh, toilet, run to the toilet a lot, thirsty, uh, drinking a lot of water, just drinking a lot of fluids all the time and then run to the toilet, um, getting thinner and tired. But I was obviously not well, I had a flu. So they didn't pick it up straight away because, you know, when you have a flu and you're in bed, you are, you're not eating, you are run to the toilet, you're drinking a lot of fluids. Um, so and you're tired, you're just in bed. So it took a while for them to pick it up. And then I was brought to hospital in, in the January and diagnosed with diabetes in um 2007, I think that might have been. Um so that's another that's another autoimmune disease. And that's why when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, they say that it's so common for if you have an autoimmune disease, it's so common to have more. Yeah, I've always wanted that because I do follow a few people on Instagram and it does seem as though if somebody has um, already like an autoimmune disorder, they can also have multiple different other... Multiple- yeah. yeah. And I always wondered if that was maybe a thing that there was a link between if you have one, you can also be more uh, susceptible yeah, to... Yeah, definitely. Well, so that's, yeah, that's just something I didn't know, really. Yeah, it's great fun. I get everything. <laughs> I <laughs> so get uh, literally everything. 
this before the Crohn's diagnosis? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had diabetes when I was 15 and then I only have Crohn's disease about three years now. Right, um, okay. Yeah, and then, but it was only, only had it two years when I got my stoma bag. Wow. So you were a bit like, yeah. you had the diagnosis and then within a year you were having the stoma surgery. Literally. So I actually, it was the February of 2019 when we all went into lockdown. I was in hospital, really, very sick again with pneumonia. But I was also for about two months before that passing a lot of blood and, you know, yourself on the toilet 20 times a day, just constant vomit and diarrhea. And I didn't make it known to my doctor until I went into hospital with the pneumonia. I'd obviously lost so much weight. Hmm. I was so sick, very, very ill. Um, so I was actually diagnosed with colitis, ulcerative colitis first. Right. And then put straight away on the steroids and treatment I can't even remember I've had that much treatment and drugs and yeah infusions I kind of I think it might have been Mezavant they started me on right. uh, didn't work nothing worked for me for two years I was just constantly yeah. in and out of hospital six weeks at a time five weeks at a time like I just was constantly in hospital for two years and then they just kept trying all different drugs I ended up on I, I never actually got a full colonoscopy don't know if you got one I only ever had a scope, like a part colonoscopy, and they just said... So you've never had a full colonoscopy um, before? Never, never. Because really? of COVID, yeah, because of COVID, I never ever got a full scope, and it was terrible because I was so ill. Yeah. I still to this day believe that if I had have got one, mm-hmm. I might not be in this position, I might not have a stomach bag. However, what do you do? I'm with you there. So I ended up, I took, yeah, it's great fun. So I got. I ended up on Infliximab. Pardon? I was just going to say, like, the thing is, it's crazy because what, even though you went through your journey to begin through the NHS and I started my journey through private hospital, both of those, NHS and privately, both sets of those healthcare systems fail both of us. So it really goes to show that the impact of COVID wasn't even just on the NHS, it was on the entire medical system. It was on everyone. No matter if you pay to go privately, I still... I was put in the same car in the same boat because even well because obviously you know I got I was lucky because like you said you didn't get a full colonoscopy to begin with whereas I did only yeah. the reason I got the full colonoscopy is because I had insurance to go privately to have one but then yeah. once that colonoscopy I was going to it was like they put me back on the NHS because you know you can't have long-term care on, on a private at least you couldn't afford yeah, that 100%, yeah. so I was put back onto NHS <laughs> but as soon as I was on NHS it was just a case of like them just being like or oh, what what can we do for you you're just gonna have to get on with it we've got a huge list of people and you're like not a priority literally <laughs> like and I was in hospital so many times that like like I was an inpatient in hospital mm-hmm. so I should have had I should have had there was multiple opportunities for me yeah, to they have, have done it if you were in the I got part scopes, but they one time I was that sick. I was in hospital for six weeks and I was so, so ill. They said if they actually done a full colonoscopy, they would perforate my bowel. Yeah, I got it was that. that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from the CT scan, they just said, no, we're not doing that. And then they said they would start me on the infliximab infusions. So it was yeah. like kind of like a last resort. Mm. They tried everything in the cupboard first before this because I kept saying, I'm not getting a bag. I'm not getting a bag. Yeah. Give me something else. Give me something else. Like, and I was like, I had no quality of life. I was just lying sick as a dog. Like, I don't think, you know, people say they are in a flare up mm. of Crohn's. I think I, I was in a constant flare for two years. Yeah. Nothing worked. Yeah. I was constantly sick. Yeah. And in hindsight, COVID actually done me 
it was a blessing in disguise because no one was allowed into my house. You know, I, I was very, very immune suppressed. And, you know, if I got COVID, I would have been critically ill. My body was, even when I went in for my operation to get my stomach bag, it was an emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. And like yourself, I think, yeah. yeah. And my body, the surgeon said to me, your body is so, like, it's not fit for surgery. It wasn't fit for surgery. I had blood transfusions and iron infusions, potassium infusions down at theatre before they, when they were waiting me in for theatre, before they would do my surgery because I was so critically ill. Um, they told me I was like, you know, I was going to die. Like, if I didn't come to hospital when I did, I would have died. And they inflicted some infusions. Nothing worked. Just nothing worked. And in the end, I think my diabetes as well, it's it's a big factor because, you know, you have slow healing wounds. Things take a lot longer. It's a longer process for things to heal and close and to get better. And I'm already immune suppressed without having Crohn's. Wow. But he just said to me, your whole bowel is ulcerated. And then that I was diagnosed just a few weeks before that. I was in hospital as well. They tried me on Stellara, which mm-hmm. was the last thing. That they were like, I now to hold him. I refuse to take any more steroids, um, because they were horrendous. They were blowing mm-hmm. my body up like two stone heavier than what I was. Really bad mentally, like really couldn't cope on them mentally. It was very, 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 very stressful time, and they weren't working. Well, essentially, they were working. They kept telling me they are working because you're not sick when you're on them, and I was like, but they're not a long term treatment. Aye. I can't stand steroids forever. So what's going to happen is since I come off them, I'm back to square one. And the surgeon just said to me, I ended up, it was my 30th birthday weekend, actually. And I was out with my friends. I'd had you had your stoma bag, was this that this happened? This is the when I got my stoma bag. So this was okay. I, the week the week after. So I was in hospital. They gave me Solara. I refused the steroids. I went down to a place near me for the weekend for my 30th birthday with all my friends. It's a big house. that had a swimming pool. And... Yeah, I ended up in the ambulance had to come and take me to the nearest hospital and they were like, No, you you're going down for emergency surgery, your bowel bowel is ulcerated from one end to the other and you're a very, very sick girl and you're lucky you came here when you did because you could have very nearly died if you didn't. So I was straight down for emergency surgery and stomach bag then for my thirtieth birthday. So how long ago was this? Was this um That was a year ago? But dead on a year ago now to where we are but now. No, 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 a year ago there in September, the 27th of September. Right. I have my stomach bag a year. Yeah. Um, and I was in hospital then for five weeks in intensive care for two weeks out of that. Um, rushed back down to theatre a week after getting my stomach bag because I took sepsis. Oh. And yeah, they had to cut me open again. Another 28 stitches, staples down my stomach. Um like the stomach bag was fine it was my other organs I thought were shutting down and stuff and I was very very ill so I was in intensive care then for two weeks and so like the PTSD from intensive care mm-hmm. is it's real you know yeah oh my goodness like I'll never forget what happened and no one else knows what happened behind those doors because no one was allowed in my parents weren't allowed in to see me or anything because of COVID yeah. it was a really really horrendous time and yeah and then I got brought up to the ward even when I was on the ward. I took clots in my lungs and pneumonia again. Like I was still very sick even on the ward. They were going to bring me back to the intensive care at one stage. And it's just been a long journey to get to here today. Like I'm so thankful that I have my stomach bag now because I wouldn't be here, Mm. you know. But 
it was a very, very challenging time last year was for the last three years, it's just been my life's just been like this, as you know, it's just crazy. Actually makes me feel quite emotional. It's crazy. I just connect so much with yeah. it. Yeah. Like when you you know, it's one of those things, you know, when you're saying it, you kind of deset you're desensitized because it's your story, but you know when you're hearing it from somebody else and you're connecting with that yeah, story yeah. and you're thinking, God, I'm listening to this and this sounds bonkers. And then I'm like, but that also happened to me. But I don't feel like it's that bad. You ha- yeah, you went you through that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is yeah. awful. I feel really upset and really like from listening yeah. to what you're saying. It's, it's just horrible. I remember the surgeon, the surgeon said to me, the surgeon said to me, um, Olivia, the sickest patient in this hospital. And I was like, I couldn't be like, there's everyone around me sick. And he was like, yeah. no, Olivia, genuinely, I didn't want to tell you before I brought you down to theatre, but you are, you were critically ill and you're a very lucky girl to be alive. And I was like, okay. And it really was like, you know, as much as I was like, I'm not, even when I was, when they told me I needed emergency surgery for a stone bag, I was like, no, no, there has to be something else you can give me. But I was so sick whenever they were wheeling me down and all, I was just like, okay, just, I just wanted to be asleep. I just wanted the anesthetist to knock me out and not know anything about it. And then when you wake up with a stone bag, it's like, what has happened in my life? Like, what is this? Like, why, what is going on? And I don't know if it's like your worst nightmare, but at the same time, it saves your life. And I think, I don't know if you experienced this as well. Like, I think as well, when you are a younger person, particularly, and you're really sick like that, doctors tell you kind of on a need to know basis. They don't really tell you the full depth of what's going on because they don't want to scare you. So like, you know, when I was in there, nobody, like you said, like made out like it was this, uh, didn't really tell me how bad of a state I was in. Yeah. Once I got out the other end of it and I went like for a follow up thing, my doctor, I sat there, he was literally saying to me, like, you know, you were, you were going to die. And I was like, but yeah, I yeah, yeah. realised that at the time. You never said that. To, like, you know, and I'm, I'm glad, obviously, they didn't say that. But, like, when you actually, when it really hits you, you're like, I can't believe I was just walking around like nothing was going on when my insides were shutting down. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, that? like, that day, they literally, like, that day that I got brought to hospital, like, all my friends were all there for my party and everything, and I was just lying in bed. Like, I was being sick blood. I was, I was just in the bed in this house that I wasn't, like, it was a strange house to me. And yeah. I remember my friend came up to me and was like, right, Olivia, your party's over. You need to go home or go to hospital. Like, oh. this is, you can't, you're you so sick. And I was like, no, I'm okay. And I was swallowing anti-sickness tablets, paracetamol. Like, my sister came into my room, like, with a Baraka. Like, I thought a Baraka was going to save me that day. And I was like, I'll just drink this. I'll just take that. And then I'll be okay. And, like, when I got to hospital, they were like, I didn't even wait at any or nothing. I was run down the hall. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah, there was no waiting. There was no time to wait. And I remember the surgeon coming into me and just being like, he's my, I love him, my, my doctor, my um, consultant. And he was like, Olivia, pet. And he was like trying to be really nice. And I was like, you you need a stomach bag. This is, this is not an option anymore. I always knew in my head, it kept saying to me, you know, it's not a matter of like, if you need a stomach bag, it's sort of when. And I tried everything to avoid it. But, you know, I remember him just saying, you kind of admit admit defeat. But when I got got the sepsis a week after getting my surgery, um, and it was hectic, like they pushed that button in intensive care where everyone ran into the room. And I was lying there and they tried to put the NG tube back down my nose. And I was choking. Horrendous, horrendous, horrendous times. Like, I've had that so many times a week. Oh, and they put a tube and all in my, I had drains in my stomach as well. 
and I had all these wires everywhere. I was on oxygen. And I just remember lying there being, and I said to the the, the doctor, like, I just want to die. Just leave me alone. I want to die. I was in so much pain. Yeah. Extreme pain. And then I the, the doctor came running over to me and she put her hands on my face. And she was like, Libby, just look at me. Don't look around the room. Don't look around the room. Just look at me. And I just looked at her and I was like, am I going to die? And she says, we're going to try and fix you. And see, because she didn't say no, I know they're not allowed to say no or yes. Yeah, I know. That's it. She was like, am I going to die? And nobody's giving me like a straight answer. Nobody, yeah. And they were all running around the room, flapping about the room. And they were twisting me one way, pulling me the other way, wires, everything. They need to just come in. And that was a Sunday morning. And they woke me up on the Tuesday. And I was like, what the hell happened to me? What is going on? And they were like, you're very lucky to be here. And I was like, okay. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, maybe I am very sick. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to put it off, and like, I'm yeah. fine, I'm fine. I think you battle through so much. Like, see now, looking back, like, I don't know how I lifted my head off the pillow some days. Yeah, same. Yeah, I understand that it's like, you just, I, I, I mean, I think I was actually going to ask you about this, but, you know, d- before your diagnosis and everything, did you ever have any idea of how much this disease would impact and shape your life did you have any idea? none at all absolutely no idea no I just heard about it and to yeah. be honest I always had a bit of like stomach problems and stuff and I did always hear this disease called like Crohn's disease I've never heard of ulcerative colitis yeah I heard about Crohn's and like a few of my friends have IBS mm. and I remember being like I think I have that yeah same. um stopped eating dairy mm-hmm. gluten you know tried all these things myself and then I was like, I think this is more severe. And then when I started passing blood, I was like, okay, this is not okay. And I remember the first time I ever was in hospital for a few weeks, like the long, a long stint was six weeks. And they were, they were like, we need to take a biopsy to check for cancer and everything, like bowel cancer. And I remember being like, I thought I had Crohn's disease and it was going to be bad, but Jesus, like this is mental. Mm. But no idea. And I, I think no, there's no one, unless you have, unless you suffer from it, or you're a family member looking in from the sidelines, watching someone suffer from it. Mm-hmm. There's like, you just you just never will understand. No, it's just one of those diseases that's just like so. It is. It's almost like I think sometimes I feel like it's like a, almost like a secret society. We're like a secret it is. society it is. of people who are living with this absolute yeah. soul destroying illness that never gets spoken about, never gets awareness raised of it, and it's almost like yeah. an invite only club that you can be like the worst Literally. club you could be a part. Because the thing is, is that you know, obviously you can empathize with those people though. Like you can empathize with them. You know. They're, they're in your clique. Like if I hear someone has Crohn's or has a stomach back, I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's the same with diabetes as well. Like I have a, a Libra sensor on my arm for my blood sugars. And if I'm in a club or a, night, or a bar or anything, I'm like, oh my God, they have a Libra in their arm. They're part of my clique. They're part of the, the community. It's so funny. Like my sister thinks I'm not wise. She's like, okay, Olivia, like that's okay. But no one understands unless you have it. I just and I remember my nurse told me one time, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I don't think people realise just like the how, the impacts of how bad it is. I think people genuinely think that Crohn's crisis is just like an IBS thing. It, it, they don't understand. It's like a pooping, they call it a pooping disease. Yeah, they don't understand. And I and I, do you know what? It's not it's not ignorance. It's just they're not educated enough. There's not enough awareness about it. No. And I remember a nurse a nurse said to me one day when I was in hospital for a long time another long stint and she said to me well sure at least you I'm lying in that bed really 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 sick 
and for six weeks like you know it's not like you're just in for one night stints on all different cannulas up my arm like my veins all collapsed and everything and I remember saying to me like well you don't have cancer she said to me at least you don't have cancer and I was like excuse me I might not have cancer yeah but cancer can be treated cancer has treatment plans and hopefully you know cures I was like yeah I was like, I have two serious lifelong illnesses that are never going away no. that I have to live with every day. Mm-hmm. And one that is that is destroying my whole life right now. And diabetes and Crohn's disease are two of the worst enemies you can get. And I was like, I, I feel like I live a nightmare every morning. I wake up and I'm like, what hell awaits me this day? I was like, so don't tell me that at least you don't have cancer. I was like, because yeah. there's no cure for my illnesses. There's none. There's no, no one knows what is ahead of me. Like, and that was before I got my stomach bag and wow. what I've went through. And and then this year I was to go back to work in July. Um, as you know, like you need so much time off work to recover. And, you know, my wound took a lot longer to heal and close over because of my diabetes. Um, and I took, um, I got a blockage in my bowel, my small bowel yeah. in July. And that was another ambulance rushed to hospital. Um, as soon as I got there, right, Olivia, you need an operation need another surgery so I was open again and it was the scar tissue from my Sorry. previous surgery that caused a blockage and my my bowel actually twisted yeah and, I've had and that locked and yeah but it untwisted the week before and then it completely right. twisted yeah. the week after mm. and they had to cut me open untwist it anchor oh. it and my wound now is horrendous Can like mind? I had another you know it's three times in nine months my wound my stomach was cut open and my wound goes from under my, you know, breast down to like the top of my groin there. And it's just horrendous. My first scar was fine, but now I'm dealing with that. So everyone's like, at least you're alive. And I'm like, but I'm 31 years of age and I look like someone has got a hacksaw and just went to town on my stomach. So how does that kind of make you feel about your like, body? Obviously, that's changed. Has it changed your relationship with how you see yourself? 100%. Like I... Like I've only just this, so I got my operation in July and I've only just last week been discharged from getting it packed and dressed right. from the nurses. And I have to look, I have to look at it now. So right. it's not covered up. Yeah. So my previous scar was fine. I, you know, I totally embraced it and I was like, you know what, I'm alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a straight line. Yeah. It's whatever, you know, it'll do. Mm. And it actually was fine. It was healing really well. But this scar, I am just horrified. Okay. And I just... I look at my, I can't, as quick as I can get into the shower, out of the shower and dress, it's totally changed my perspective on things. Like, you know, everyone's like, at least you're alive. Because I did, it was very, very sick again. It was intensive care again in July. Um, and I had a really bad infection and they didn't want me to go septic again. So I was brought to intensive care straight away as soon as I got the surgery. But it's so mentally challenging. Like, you know, mm. I got that hospital and I thought I went to them like, even getting wheeled back to the ward, they were like, oh my God, Olivia, like I lived there. And I was like, don't even chat. Like, I can't believe I'm back here. I feel like I haven't left. And I'm like, why is this happening to me? You know, I fully embrace what happened the last time, but why is it happening to me again? Like, what did I, I don't deserve this. Like, no, you know, you think you get your stomach bag and you're, you're always good to go, but it doesn't end there. You know, there's always no, not with Crohn's. Crohn's disease. Crohn's no, not with Crohn's. No. It's forever there. You know, people think, oh, you're great. You're out every weekend and all, but people don't see, no. you know, if I go out for a weekend, I'm in bed for, you know, days, hours yeah. and ends, you know, yeah. 
it completely it, it's it's taken my whole life away from me like and I said to my friends last week you know I feel like I'm Olivia who has Crohn's disease and diabetes I don't know who Olivia is anymore like, yeah I know what you mean that's your whole life I'm just like sick sick of being sick you know I'm just sick all the time and and then I'm back in the hospital a few weeks ago with another you know I can't just get a flu like any normal person I end up back in hospital do you know have you got have you managed to during this time obviously you, you've mentioned work and having to have time off have you managed to have a relationship during this time are you a romantic relationship not at all not it's at all hard like, I, of your illness it's so difficult manage that 100 and it like you know people say to me oh now you need to go get yourself a man and I'm like where would I even start to begin to explain to somebody and I was like I, I haven't even accepted what has happened to me myself really yet and I don't really love me right now so how can I expect yeah. someone else to and I, in and out of hospital for two three years like where do you where do you go I was yeah. like unless some sort of doctor whisked <laughs> me off my feet then I'm not sure where I would go and meet someone you well, know you, what I mean I'm just right. about to get my life back there were some good doctors when I when I was so in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what hospital but... are you in? Because no, definitely not mine. They're all about 50 plus. <laughs> definitely not. Although it could matter, it could potentially might be a good idea to marry a doctor or a surgeon, but do me but, well. That's the things that people don't realise as well, is it's not just the impact that it has on your body, your health, it's the impact it has on your social life, your romantic life. Yeah. This illness just impacts absolutely every single aspect. It's just crazy. everything you do. Everything you do. And so does diabetes as well. So like my mind just spins and spins and spins all day long. For the minute I open my eyes, like I take injections all day long for my my diabetes, check my blood sugars, and you know every time I eat, I have to inject. And then wow. you have to be careful what you're eating with your stomach bag. And then if you get, you know, like say, you know yourself, if you have um really watery, I put in your stomach. They say yeah. have marshmallows, have jelly babies. I can't eat those because of my diabetes. Full of sugar. Type A, there's two types of diabetes. Type 1 and type 2, yeah. And which type is it that you have? So I'm type 1. Type 1. And that type is, 1 that, diabetes. Is one an inherited diabetes, like one you're born with, and then another one is one that comes on later? Or how does it work? Yeah, so it's not really, well, type 1, there's no cause or right. cure for yeah. it. just like, like you, you know, I, I, as I said, I work for Diabetes UK and there's, you know, I've came across people whose babies have been six, seven months and they have diabetes, you know. Oh, wow. People say to me, oh, did you get diabetes from too much sugar and drinking loads of Coke? And I was like, no, that is not how you get type 1 diabetes at all. You know, I didn't bring this on myself. Can a, can a seven-month-old baby get type 1 diabetes from eating no. too much sugar? Do you know what I mean? No. But type 2 diabetes is more common in older people who are maybe overweight or hereditary maybe. But type 1, I was the only person in my whole family to get it. I know I have cousins who have it, but I was first. Lucky me. I get everything. They do say it's an attack on your immune system. So the fact that I had a flu um, and pneumonia at the time, my body couldn't fight it. And as well as attacking my um, bad cells, it was attacking my good cells. Um, my pancreas stopped working then. It stopped producing insulin. And then I have to inject insulin now. So that's 15 years of my life. You know, I got used to having diabetes. It was no problem. It was my like first child. I just you know, it was just always there. But then when you add Crohn's disease into the mix and you add steroids into the mix that make your blood sugar crazy. And then before I had my stomach bag, it was so, you know, your diet is so poor. Dairy-free, gluten-free, fiber-free, wasn't even like vegetables, nothing. And I was so malnourished, but I needed to, I needed to eat as well for my, and you're being sick. 
you vomit diarrhea every day and you're being sick and you still have to eat for your diabetes to take your insulin. And I just remember one day just having an absolute nervous breakdown. I was like, I can't live like this. I can't do this. Like, I need someone to take me. Like, when I was in intensive care, I lay in that bed and I didn't do, I didn't take care of myself at all. Like, it was the first time that I had an insulin driver. I had a morphine button. I had a, a catheter in. I literally lay in that bed for two weeks and the nurses brushed my teeth and everything. And I just remember being like, I can't actually look after myself. I need medical assistance. Like I need that someone to take all this away from me. And then it was like a rehab kind of thing when you got to the ward because every other day they, you know, like they took something back away and they took the oxygen away after four weeks and the clots in my lungs and everything. And then they eventually let me take my own injections. And I felt well enough to be able to look after myself. But before that, I was like, I am done. Like my body is given up and I cannot. I cannot look after myself. Like, this is not okay. And the doctors were like, we'll see what we can do. And I was like, no, you need to do more for me. Like, you need to do more. And mentally, I was I was done mentally. I was like, I'm 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 gone. Like I'm I'm over this. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle mentally as well, every day of your life with this, having a stomach bag. And you know, you're the you're roughly the same age as me, you're a female. And I think you're an amazing advocate for stomach bags like see the fact that you like and I think if I didn't have this horrendous scar this time I would probably be more mm. showing off my stomach bag yeah, but I'm not ready yet I've been through so much and you know and like you said because obviously it is differing for me and you because I do have colitis which you can kind of get get rid of I guess because once I yeah. was on anorectomy which is where the colitis once that's gone that's gone and then but with yeah, Crohn's, yeah. Different because because my brother friend he has Crohn's disease so right. I've kind of seen the the two sides of it and uh, I know for a fact that Crohn's disease it is it's it's literally for there's nothing you can do it doesn't matter how much you take out it's always there yeah. it's always and it affects you from your mouth right yeah, down so like I have like, ulcers and everything in my mouth and yeah and do you know what? Like you've had that surgery, you've had your um the Barbie butt, as they call it. Yeah. Um, I have to get I have to get that as well. So like, there's no reversal for me. I know there's no reversal. My surgeon was like, "Olivia, you will go back." Everything you've been through. That's like for me, like everything, all the shit I went through last year and everything. It was like a walk in the park. It was like just getting yeah. They said everyone's always saying like how painful it is, and I'm like, if you've had emergency stoma surgery, there is yeah. nothing worse than that. Nothing's going to phase you. Babies are not going to phase us anymore. Nothing yeah, like that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Through the worst of the worst, it makes you a strong person. It's it's shit. Oh, absolutely. It scars, but you're bulletproof now. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. I just don't care. I I, I can agree hundred percent. Like, I, I even like see when I'm lying in the hospital and they're coming. Like I have no wound or no veins, and they're like five six times trying to get blood out of me and I'm just laying there eating the sandwich watching yeah, Netflix like, like let me do it just flat it's just like a normal thing and like it's but it's bad that's that's not that's not okay no, as well like I said to my surgeon like I was not much pain that I couldn't even cry you know you're numb yeah I was, like, I was in so much pain in my body numb numb yeah Anyway, I'm just going to say that we are literally almost about to run out of time on my... Yeah, yeah, no problem. problem. But it's been so amazing chatting to you. And obviously, it is awareness week. So I just thought by you, um, you know, kind of saying any sort of advice that you'd give to anybody who, you know, has Crohn's or colitis or thinks they might have Crohn's. Is there anything you want to share? Any words of wisdom for the community? 
Yeah, not to be afraid to go and get checked yeah. is the biggest thing because I put it off. But also not to be afraid of going online and researching things and speaking to other people. Yeah, don't go don't go onto Google. I, I just love social media for it's helped me so much in my journey. Mm-hmm. Um there's like yourself, like I, I've met you through social media. There's yeah. so much help and support out there that avail of it of it, you know, like go and ask questions and if there's things your doctor will not know but someone else who has been through everything will know I get so many messages and I'm not just saying this like see the many messages that I get from people and it goes into my message requests not because I don't have them on Instagram and they and it's like you know I'm so glad I found your page and um I've looked through you and you've given me a bit of hope you've given me a bit of inspiration but don't get me wrong I've been to the bottom like I've been rock that rock bottom and really bad in a really bad state and I was in convulsions when I seen my stoma bag and I was squealing and I told them to take it away. I told them to cut it off. But see, after a few weeks of feeling well, I was like, no, I am so glad I got this done. And I'll, and I even though I know there's no reversal, I don't think I would ever get one anyway because I've got my life back and it's not something to be afraid of. You know, yes, it's a scary process. It's very, very long, but embrace it and try and look at it as a point of view that you know you're going to get your life back and you can live your life you can move forward because for so long you're just stuck and if you can get treatment brilliant if you need a summer bag that's your treatment as well that is a treatment plan so I just I just want to like you know anyone who's in the thick of their journey or anyone who's going through it uh, or starting their journey that you know just reach out and avail of all the support and the help out there and even so much more so for young people because it's very, very scary. I think everyone thinks stoma bags are for old people, but here we are. Also as well, like, I now, I don't know if you feel like this. I mean, in the early stages before having my stoma, I was like, oh my God, stoma's last thought, I don't want a stoma. I'd rather suffer with colitis for the rest of my yeah. life. And once you have a stoma, oh, big time. I now look at people with colitis or Crohn's and think, Oh, I'm so lucky it's not me anymore. I'm so lucky that I've yeah, got a yeah, bag. and you're on the other side of it now, and you're looking out, and now you feel sorry for the people that don't have a bag. I'm like, oh, I couldn't do all the medical treatments. I couldn't keep going. No way, I couldn't go back to that. I couldn't. No. I, I look back and I'm like, how did I live like that? Yeah. How did I cope? Like, and I re- you do you struggle on? You literally struggle on. Like your feet barely touch the floor, and you know you do, but you do so much to avoid it. And now yeah, I'm you like, do everything. But although I don't regret, like a lot of people would ask me, I don't know if you would feel the same, like, do you regret not getting it sooner? I think I had to be so ill to appreciate. Yeah, I come I think so, 100%. You know, I think, I think it was like a choice thing or something. I'd always wonder, like, if I'd have been able to do something else or this or this. Yeah. Because I had no choice, it's like, I'm perfectly okay with it. I didn't have a choice. It was death or the bag. So yeah. I made my peace with that. Yeah, I had a lot of conversations over the last two years with surgeons being like, you know, you, you can get this treatment and see if it works for the next six months or you could get your stoma bag now and you could be six months into recovery. And I was like, give me the treatment, give me the treatment, give me the drugs, give me the treatment. And then when I got the stoma bag, they were like, there's nothing left in the cupboard, Olivia, stoma bag. And I was like, fine. <laughs> I just had to suck it up. Like you do with everything when you have Crohn's disease and autoimmune disease and visible illness, you just have to suck it up and just get on with it. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank Great you time. so much. Oh, actually, could you just say for everybody what your Instagram is so that people listening can follow you? Yeah, yeah. So mine is Olivia um, Style in My Stoma. So I post a lot of pictures of myself posing in 
loads of lovely outfits that I thought I would never ever wear. Um, again, because when you get a stone bag, you think you're going to have to wear baggy hoodies and never leave the house. But then I slowly realized that I was like, no, do you know what? I can wear all this. And I love clothes. I love clothes and shopping and like yourself and fashion. And it's my like, you know, bank balance's biggest issue. But I thought, why not turn this positive, this negative into a positive and embrace it? So Olivia Style of My Stoma is my Instagram handle. And yeah, I'm very open and honest. And you can follow me for whatever. You can message me. Brilliant. Whatever you want to do. Well, it's going to click off now, but thank you. See you later. Thank you so much. See you later, Holly. Bye. Bye.